Hey there, I'm Ashley and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I'm an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work, family, social life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts for teachers and mamas, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so, so much more. Living a healthy lifestyle is for everyone from young children to adults. Health, wellness, and emotional and social well-being starts at home and should be expanded upon in the classroom. Everyone can benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. So if you're ready to learn some helpful tips, let's do this thing. Ah, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 47. Roberta here, one of the teacher mamas. Today is the second part of a, an interview that we did with Elizabeth Peterson. She is an arts integration specialist. She has degrees in education, music, arts, leadership, and learning. And she's in her 23rd year of teaching and her 15th year of hosting workshops, retreats, and online courses in arts integration and social emotional learning. Last week, we talked all about what art integration is. We talked about creative social emotional learning. It was amazing. It was so good. I highly encourage you head on over to that episode and listen to that. If you already listened to that, feel free to stick around. Today is the second part of the episode, and we're switching gears a little bit and talking about another topic that is super important to Ashley and myself. We talk with Elizabeth about self-care for teachers. Uh, We talk about how we can be creative in providing self-care for ourselves, and it is amazing. I cannot wait for you to listen. Before we jump into that interview, though, couple housekeeping things. Um, If you have not signed up for our newsletter yet, you can do that down in the show notes. There is a link to sign up for our newsletter. We send out a newsletter every Thursday. Um, It lets you know that there's a new podcast episode. It has the show notes right in the email. And we also provide you with a couple of tips. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, go ahead and do that. Then I'm so excited to be opening our cart back up for our dream routine for kids. School's going to be starting again. We know that routines change. And I know that I will be working through our Dream Routine Kids program myself because for us, things will be changing again. And bus stop time might change. I'm not sure yet, but they've alluded to that. We might have a longer commute to our bus stop, which is going to change the way our morning works or the way our morning functions. And the big thing that Ashley and I preach is that our mornings really start the night before which is an interesting concept to think about. You know, what can I do the night before to set myself up for success in the morning, especially if you're not a morning person or you have kids that aren't exactly morning people, what can you do the night before? And our program walks you through that thought process among other things. And it really helps with kids, um, routines from your littlest of kids all the way through high schoolers. And honestly, a lot of this stuff can be used for yourself as well. So head on over, um, check out our dream routine for kids. It is a mini course. It is self-paced. 
You could get it done in an afternoon or you could spread it out and get it done in a couple of sittings. So go check out that course. It is down below. You can click on the wait list for the Dream Routine Kids. When that cart opens, you will be notified in your email. Um, we will change the link to uh, take you directly to our course cart page um, once it's opened instead of the waitlist. So um, go check that out. Again, it's in our show notes. And if you get our newsletter, it'll also be in our weekly Thursday newsletter. All right, that's enough housekeeping for today. We're going to move into this amazing conversation that left me feeling really empowered and lighthearted and just full of joy. And I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode with Elizabeth Peterson talking all about creative teacher self-care. All right. Thank you, Elizabeth, so much for being here today for a second um, part. Today, we're going to talk more about self-care for teachers. And this is a topic that Ashley and I are super passionate about. Um, And so before we start, I wanted to explain how we define self-care, which is we define it as taking care of your own needs in the following areas in physical, emotional, mental, or intellectual, spiritual, and environmental. So taking care of ourselves within those areas. Um, And I always kind of bring it back to thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how we use that so much with our kids um, and and their needs, knowing their basic needs need to be met in order to learn, in order to function. And that's the same with us as adults. We need our basic needs to be met. The difference is we have to meet them ourselves. So No one is going to meet them for us. (laughs) Yes. So um, in the last episode, in episode 46, we had you tell us about your educational journey, but today we're hoping you can tell us about your self-care journey. Yeah, so it certainly is a journey, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, And, and so I guess, you know, the journey, you know, I feel like when I was younger, you know, I just kind of took decent care of myself, right? You know, you just kind of go along, you know, you involved with activities, you're going along with life. And, and it wasn't until, um, motherhood, I would say (laughs) that, yep. It started Mm -hmm. to really, um, dawn on me that, oh, I, I really should take care of myself. Like, (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, nerds for dinner or, you know, I'm now taking care of this kid or these two kids. And um, I really, I really need to start thinking about this. But, you know, it, it, it was just in terms of, you know, the physical, you know, making sure I'm moving, making sure I'm sleeping when I can, making sure I'm eating well and, and doing that kind of self-care. And it wasn't until, you know, just the last, I would say the last decade or so of teaching, where teaching started to become, started to wear on my being. <laughs> and, um, and it became more stressful than joyful. And um, for many different reasons. And so I have been talking about and um, researching and uh, giving 
workshops or interweaving this idea of self-care into my workshops for at least the last 10 years and really um, bringing the idea to teachers that when they do do professional development, it needs to be teacher centered. And so I feel like through my work with other teachers, I've, I've really tried to um, practice what I preach and what I preach has evolved over the years um, and really become a little bit more refined as I go through my years and, and seeing my friends under so much duress and, and, and burning out and, um, and just having a better understanding of what this idea of teacher self-care, creative self-care really does entail. And I know we're going to dig into that. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, absolutely. I like how you said that it should be our, our professional sh- development should be teacher centered, but oftentimes it's not. Yes. It's, it's always yes. like we do this, <laughs> we do this for the kids. Like we got into this for the kids and I'm not saying that of course, yes, obviously we're teaching for the kids, but we are thrown that phrase so much that mm-hmm. I think there's this disconnect that teachers can't take care of themselves because everything that they do is for the kids and it yeah. change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And teachers are placed on this pedestal, you know, don't let teachers or don't let parents see you out in public doing X, Y, and Z. Don't let them see you having a cocktail at Applebee's, you know, like you can't be a real human. Mm -hmm. You have to be on this like saintly level (laughs) and, um, and it can cause a real, a real problem. And I think that's just a mindset shift that needs to happen and not just in teaching, but kind of everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I've been, I've been preaching that idea of teacher centered professional development for so long because, you know, I had the privilege of um, creating these workshops that were um, all about arts integration and bringing teachers together and having them actually do the art and create it themselves and that's when the teachers are so much more apt to bring those experiences into their classrooms is when they're actually given um, at their level um, a, adult informed <laughs> professional development that they can then use those ideas. And, you know, my motto at the inspired classroom is get inspired so you can be inspiring. And so that is really has been the through line for my whole um, career of providing professional development for teachers. Yeah. I love that motto. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I would place creativity and creating under like that mental health category, at -hmm. least for the specific act of creating, uh, we're growing our minds. So it's intellectual, but we know that creativity can also be an outlet for our emotions as well. So how can we use creativity for self-care in either of those categories? Yeah. So, I mean, create, being creative and having that creative outlet is so important. And, you know, it's, it's in varying degrees for different people, right? So for like, you know, you might think of it traditionally as um, like 
people drawing and like calming themselves down or getting their expressions out, creating some visual piece that really speaks to the inside of what they're, what they're feeling and they're thinking. Um, but it's also like, you know, listening to music. Like how many times have you probably listened to a piece of music or, or a song that just kind of either gets you into a certain mood or helps you defuse from a certain mood. And so being able to, you know, not just create, but kind of like take in an art form is also a great way to think about how um, creativity and the arts can really help you with that mental health. But it's like different things for different people. So for some people, it's, you know, cooking and making a really good meal for their family or building something or, um, you know, dancing around, <laughs> you know, and just like getting all your energy out, um, you know, or like going to the beach and building a pyramid of rocks. Like there's so many different ways to think about an art form. Um, that once you start to think about that, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, all your listeners have something that they do, that they create, or that they take in that does help them with their mental health in some capacity. And once you realize that, you can kind of um, utilize that a little bit more, which, which is so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm getting people to the point of realizing what it is, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. So (laughs) if you don't know what your creativity thing is that like helps you start paying attention and like start being intuitive and like listening. And that's one of the, one of the units that we cover in our, in our new course that's coming out for preventing teacher burnout. So awesome. It's hard to like figure that out about yourself sometimes. Cause you know, you're, in the weeds of your own mind. (laughs) Right. Or I think for me, it was, there were creative outlets that I loved as a kid, loved as I was growing up, but then I became a mom Mm -hmm. and a teacher and life got busy and those things stopped. And so in the past couple of years, going through this personal development journey, self-care journey, it's really been, I have had to be incredibly intentional about scheduling in the time Mm. I went I moved my piano across the country so that this piano has moved across the country multiple times now. I love it. And, and I, it was important enough to me to move it across the country, but I realized my daughter was maybe six months old and I realized I haven't touched it since she's been born. Mm -hmm. And to me, that almost made me cry because it was such a huge part of my life. And all of a sudden I just felt like I didn't have time for it. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to be super intentional about not just saying I'm going to do it because that's what it started being. Oh, I'm going to play more. I'm going to play more. I'm going to find the time instead of, you know what? I actually have to schedule it in and tell my husband, I'm going to play now <laughs> from this time to this time. Please keep the kids off the piano keys Yeah, <laughs> because that drives me nuts. I can't, if I'm wanting to play a piece, I don't want them playing their little stuff as well. <laughs> they can have their own turn. They can yeah. have a turn, but this is mom's time. I love that. And that's so important for your kids to see too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think when, like you had said, like it kind of all stopped when you became a mom, Elizabeth. And I think that's where a lot of us moms fall into that category. Like my viola has sat, you know, behind 
my dresser for, <laughs> I don't even know how long now. Um, yeah. but I do, you know, I get, I get some music in and especially like you said, getting the, the right kind of music in when you're like trying to like pump yourself up for something yeah. <laughs> yourself down. Mm-hmm. I know to go to when I need to like grade and I don't want to grade or I need to like really focus on lesson planning or something is like the greatest mm-hmm. showman soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love right it. There with you. Yep. That was actually the soundtrack I played. Um, in my second grade classroom, it came out that year and we were all obsessed. All of my students were obsessed. And so that was the soundtrack we would play as they were coming in every morning and doing like their morning routine stuff. And they'd be singing and dancing and jamming out. And it was so much fun. When I'm like really stressed out. So I'm like, okay, you guys, if I'm in the paint room and you hear me like, cause I have the fan going in there. So like, you can't hear really but I'm sure people outside the room can hear if the dust collector's not on. So I'm like, if you can hear me like <laughs> meme singing in there, just stay away. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Hey y'all. So I don't know if you've heard, but we have a weekly newsletter. I'm super pumped about this. And I absolutely love spending the time thinking about the perfect tips to put in that weekly email. Inside each newsletter, you'll get three tips for adults, two tips for kids, and one thing we're grateful for. When you sign up for our newsletter right now, you will get a free freebie. (laughs) You will get our dream routine summer schedule checklist for kids. And it's fantastic. And I can't talk it up enough. So go follow the link in the show notes and sign up for our newsletter today. Get the freebie and get awesome tips every week directly to your email. Now back to our show. One thing Ashley and I talk a lot about um, and what I laugh as some people refer to it as the the B word, (laughs) but we're talking about boundaries. (laughs) Yes. We've noticed that caregivers and just especially teachers. um, And I think a a lot, a lot of the times women teachers Mm -hmm. um, seem to have just that hard time with boundaries and saying no, and they tend to take on far too much. And so um, what is your approach for, teachers working through boundaries? Yes. Well, first of all, we need it. And like, Mm -hmm. there's no time like right now, like since the pandemic, I think it's made it very clear that we need to use that B word a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And, um, I, I often say, you know, we need to understand what our boundaries are and then follow through with them. Right. And that's really two, two, two parts to that. And um, I often uh, tell teachers, you know, here are three great ways for you to get started on boundaries. And so one is email, mm-hmm. the other is school bag, and the other is lunchtime. And so with email, I shut off my email. Yeah. When I'm done with my school day, I am not checking my email. I also do not have email on my phone. I don't have it on any personal computers. When I taught um, in my house <laughs> during the pandemic, um, I had a separate, I used a separate device for school and a separate device for personal. Um, I have an old phone that I actually have set up with school email so that if I do need to check it, um, 
I can, I can put the effort in and I can check it. Like, you know, there are, there are going to be times when, you know, you need to check and see if a parent got back to you. You need to, you know, send out an emergency email. Everybody remember to bring this tomorrow, whatever it might be. But for the most part, you just need to cut that email off. And I, and I feel the same way with the school bag. <laughs> and, you know, I bring a school bag to and from school, but it ha it's very, very light. And for some teachers, it might mean actually leaving your school bag at school or all the papers that you think you're going to correct at home. Because, you know, there are times when you bring it home and it stays by the door and you I mean, pick it back up in the morning. Just don't even bring it because right. you don't even have to look at it. Because even looking at it, put stress on you. So just don't bother. It's just leaving school at school. Mm -hmm. And again, there are going to be seasons where you need to bring your bag home or you need to do something in the evening, but make that those rare occasions instead of every day, you know, and, and kind of like you were saying is, is scheduling in your piano time. You know, sometimes you just mm -hmm. need to schedule in the correcting time. Yeah. And I could go off on a tangent about correcting and, and stuff like that, but I won't. I, won't. <laughs> I think we're right there with you 100%. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. And then the third one, yeah. Teachers can just go right away. They can yeah. just go, I don't yeah. have the time. You can go right in the recycling bin. Yes. <laughs> you guys did a great job. Yep, exactly. Yep. So true. <laughs> and then the third thing yeah. is lunchtime. And this mm. is a very touchy thing because, you know, I, I want to say, teachers, take your lunch time for you. Go ahead and sit down and eat lunch and, and take that time because it's really important and you're given it. So take it. <laughs> right. But I want to, I, I want to like tweak that a little bit. You need to be able to use lunch time for what's going to be best for you. So for some people, eating lunch in the, in the teacher's lunchroom is not a good experience because mm -hmm. the lunchroom may be filled with negativity. Mm -hmm. So giving yourself just that opportunity to sit and eat though, whether it's um, sometimes I'll eat in the corner of my room with a colleague <laughs> or sometimes mm -hmm. I'll check and see who might be in the teacher's room to see if I can, I can, I can do it. Um, but just being mm -hmm. able to sit and eat is really important for your overall health and well-being and yeah. um spending it with good people um and and other things that you can do you know that lunch break is yours so there have been times during the school year where i'll take that lunch break um i might eat something quickly but then i might go for a quick walk around the school um or you know i might need it to spend five minutes making some extra copies of what have you, but I feel okay with that. You, you know, it's, so you have to kind of make those decisions for yourself, but starting with that set boundary of, okay, lunchtime is my time and how do I want to spend it when I have this little break in the middle of the day? Yeah. So those are my three areas where, you know, I usually start preaching. <laughs> Something you said there really, um, it made me think back to one of the years I was teaching kindergarten and my lunch kept being interrupted because of behaviors that were occurring either in the lunchroom or at recess, because that's the time that I had lunch was when my kids were at lunch and recess, pretty typical. Uh -huh. Well, after months 
of this happening and getting so frustrated about our lunches being interrupted, the other teacher and I sat down and were like, how can we fix this? And came up with a solution and proposed it to our admin team. And it ended up getting approved where like, let's, we know our kids best. We know how to help make sure these behavior issues aren't occurring because clearly the people in charge of them during lunch and recess are not following behavior plans. They're not, it's not working. So we're like, we will take lunch and recess. And then our quiet time that we've scheduled, find someone to take care of our kids during that quiet time, because that's already into our day. They're quiet. They're okay by themselves with someone watching and we can take our lunch break then. And we're actually getting a lunch break. I love that. It's not constantly being interrupted. So we had to sit down, talk about our boundaries. We don't want our lunch break continually being interrupted. How can we solve this problem? And then proposing the, I mean, we felt like it was a wild and crazy solution. Like we are not, they are not going to approve this, but we went through with it anyway. They did approve it. And the rest of the year went so smoothly. And we actually enjoyed that lunchtime with our kids. We could sit down and talk with them. And that relationship building was so wonderful. But yeah, just made me think of that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that just goes to show you that, you know, sometimes, you know, solving your own problems. Yeah. But like you said, you know, because school is so rigid, right? The school day, Mm -hmm. the schedule, everything seems so rigid that you're like, ah, I can't do something different. (laughs) Right. Right. I think I even started the presentation by going, I know this is crazy, but please hear us out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And I would even take that, um, those three things that you said, and I would even add like prep time in there because Mm -hmm. so often teachers allow their prep time to get interrupted with things or they leave their door wide open for anyone to come in and talk or they distract Mm -hmm. themselves by going to the mail room or you know whatever instead of actually sitting down and getting the things done that they know they need to get done because they have this mindset of like well I'm a teacher and it's just you know it's just the thing that we take work home yeah so I would even like take that one step further and say like protect your prep time and 100% you can (laughs) yeah and I know this last year was crazy with subbing and um, like sub shortages and everything. And that's one area where I really felt like I could give because I don't coach and I don't do all those extracurriculars. And for the most part, the kids are usually pretty good when I sub. So I'm like, okay, I feel like this is some area that I can like give of my time in to help out with this crazy situation we're in. But if you don't feel like that's you, if you have all these other things going on, then stop saying yes. Right. <laughs> Say yes, yes to all the things. Yeah. So talking yeah. about saying no at first. Right. Yeah. It's a little easier than doing it, regretting it, trying to get out of it, yeah. trying to figure out how to say no. <laughs> yeah. So going back to that mindset piece, how can yeah. that mindset play a role in teacher self-care? Well, you know, I have this, this one key component when it comes to teacher mindset and how they can really, (laughs) really, truly take care of themselves. And it has to do with control and understanding that there are certain things that you have control over and other things that you just don't. 
and you need to start recognizing that. This is like the theme I think of today, you know, recognizing and then following through, um, mm -hmm. recognizing that if there's something that you cannot control, like a curriculum that's been given to you or a schedule that you have been given that doesn't have any leeway those things you can't control the administrator that you have you know yeah. all those things mm -hmm. you can't control you need to let go of them because that's when the negativity gets into your mind and festers and it goes from the level of annoyance to stress to burnout so quickly but those things that you can control you know, your reaction to things, your ability to, um, you know, change the layout of your classroom, you know, your ability to greet your students when they walk in and give them that quick check in so that, you know, you know, Johnny's always coming with his head hanging low. How can I, I have control over how maybe I can react or, or proactively bring him into the classroom you know so just really focusing on those things that you can control and once you really realize that for me it changed everything it really did and for the teachers who have gone through my steel courses they always comment on the lesson on control we do a little art thing with it we just do all these fun things with this idea because it's such an important thing to internalize so that it really changes how you look at your your role as a teacher with over 55 percent of teachers and this is nationally self-reporting so those that have did do the survey 55 percent of them say they're ready to leave teaching um, mm -hmm. because of, they feel burnt out and so obviously we have a big problem um, before I ask my question, I want to define for everyone listening what, uh, how the international classification of diseases and how the World Health Organization defines burnout. Mm -hmm. So they, they define it as a syndrome that's conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that's not been successfully managed. And so that results in feelings of energy depletion and exhaustion. Um, increased mental distance from your job, so not wanting to be there, not wanting to do the things, mm -hmm. um, and reduced professional efficacy. And we know that self-care is one of the ways to help thwart burnout um, and help take care of toxic stress because, um, like we talked about boundaries, we believe is part of self-care, mm -hmm. and that can help toxic stress is when we take on way too much. But what else would you say to that teacher who's feeling burnt out? What would help them? Yeah. So, you know, one thing would be um, connections and relationships and really connecting with other teachers. Um, and it just goes back to the whole idea of social emotional stuff. Um, we want it for our students. We need it for ourselves as well. And the key, the key, however, is not just surround yourself with other teachers, <laughs> but surround yourself right. with positive <laughs> teachers, teachers who understand you, teachers, um, I, I call it a venting buddy. You need to have at least one really solid, confidant venting buddy to be able to um, exchange stories with um, in any moment during the day or at night or whatever it might be. Um, and you know, not, not just teachers, but just positive people too. 
because this is important that it carries over into your personal life as well. And I get, um, I often get emails from teachers who, after after they hear something, um, I have a, an email that goes out about making sure you're <laughs> surrounding yourself with positive people. I often get a response from teachers saying, yes, I find myself in so many negative situations. And, you know, being able to, again, here's that theme again, recognize when you're in a negative conversation or a negative situation and just start bowing yourself out, backing yourself right out of the conversation, get yourself to that copy machine, finish up your lunch and get the heck out of there. You know, just all those things you need to be able to really make sure that you're with good people who are going to, who are going to at least meet you on the level, if not also lift you up yeah. and you know, find your people. I would even like to add to that because it's easy to have the venting buddy and keep venting about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> keep like, Oh, this kid is just, you know, they're driving me crazy again. And like, it just brings me back to this same, this same thing that happened yesterday and the same thing that happened the day before. And I think, you know, it's really easy to get caught in that trap and I'm not saying that I haven't, um, yeah. <laughs> making sure you're trying to catch yourself and you're like, okay, I've already been through this story. It's not going to help me to go through it again. I need to just move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which can be tough. It can be. Yes. Yeah. But just trying to like, you know, I, I talk about on this podcast, this awesome training that we had two years ago, it was a trauma informed training. And that's exactly the kind of thing that he talked about. And ever since then, like, I've really been trying to be conscious of when I'm doing that. And I, I've even told my venting buddy, um, I'm like, if you catch me complaining about the same thing over and, <laughs> over and over, call me out on it. Like you have full permission to call me out and say, Hey, you already talked about this. Let's move on for both of our sakes. <laughs> yeah. For both of our sakes. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. So we always do some final questions with our guests and okay. there's nothing to be scared of. I promise, but we want to know what you're most grateful for in this season of your life. Oh, okay. Well, in this actual season of summer, I am so grateful for the sun. And I have made a promise to myself not to complain about the really hot days because I just love being able to see and be with the sun. But, you know, in the season of life, I have, um, I have a 15-year-old girl and a 16-year-old boy. And I am thoroughly enjoying all the trials, tribulations, and successes of having teens um and you know the problems don't go away they just change yeah but um i'm really loving like being able to talk to them about some real stuff and um you know when we when we have a successful family dinner and people are laughing like i just it just makes me feel so so grateful <laughs> so that that would be it enjoying my teens <laughs> that is really encouraging to hear because I think most of the time we hear from our, our parents of teens that it's like stories of warning. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Just you wait until you have teens. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, remember I just said the things you can control. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what book are you reading or maybe a podcast that you're listening to um, right now? What is one that you're currently listening or reading to or, or you really enjoy? Oh, okay. So that's interesting. I know so many of my teacher friends love reading, reading like crazy during the summer. And I've tried to, and I can't, but what I can get into, that's probably just a me problem. I used to be an avid reader, <laughs> but what I'm really digging into is books about business podcasts about business. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is um, Business Made Simple with Donald Miller. <laughs> Sounds like one that and needs he, to go on my list. Yeah. Oh, it 100% does. Um, yeah, he's got, he's a genius when it comes to business. And what I love is that he builds um, the idea of creating your business and marketing your business and talking about what you, what you do in storytelling. So he is the arts integration man of business. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I just, I love his whole philosophy and it just makes so much sense to me. Um, yeah. So definitely you should check that out. <laughs> yeah, we will. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what is a daily routine or something you do to take care of your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, environmental self that you are proud of? Um, so because it's summer, you know, my morning routine has changed and I've been able to kind of indulge in it a little bit more. Yep. So, um, I've been successful probably for about a week and a half or two weeks getting up, doing some exercises. And while I'm stretching, I will pray. <laughs> And then I slowly get my coffee. I come to my computer. I can work on the computer for a little while while my kids are still sleeping because they're teens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just feel like I've gotten stuff done. And by the time my husband's woken up, I've like worked half of a day. Like I feel so accomplished. Um, and um, that will change when the school year begins again. Um, it'll have to be tweaked, but... That's uh, the routine that I've got for my summer mornings, which is fantastic. As long as I, as long as I wake up early still. <laughs> so what is the best way then for our listeners to find more of your content, to find your courses? Where, where can they find you? Where, when, what's the best way? Yeah. So I would um, send them to teachseal.com, T-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-L.com. And on that website, there's all kinds of information and free resources um, about um, integrating the arts with social emotional learning. I have a free workshop um, there and you can look at um, the SEAL courses that are available as well as, as well as some like PDFs. So like as the you know, school year begins or even as the school year continues, there's a resource about how to, you know, quickly build relationships with your students and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of great things for teachers um, on teachseal.com. Oh, awesome. I have a question about your courses. Are they geared more towards like an individual teacher coming to your site and buying it? Are they um, structured in a way that they're 
like for professional development for schools? Mm. How, how do you structure that? Yeah, so they are as individual licenses if you purchase, but I also work with um, schools and sometimes they'll send like a department um, and so they'll buy licenses for all their teachers in the department or they might pilot um, seal with teachers who are interested in doing this idea of creativity and the arts with social emotional learning. Um, so we can set that up as well. So there are ways on the on teachcell.com for both getting the course individually and also um, contacting me for more information about how to get it into your school. Because what I've found is when teachers have partners and they can start collaborating, then these ideas of SEAL really start infiltrating the school and it builds community within the school too, which is so powerful and, and really fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it sounds like it. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking you know, so much of your time out to chat with us. And we're oh, yeah. super excited. We were able to have a two, two episode um, both series here. So we are so grateful for you and thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Roberta and Ashley. It was great chatting with you guys. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mamas podcast at gmail.com or the teacher mamas podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.